Okay, and welcome to another edition of the Race Hour brought to you with our friends at gambling.com. It's myself, Dean Ryan, and gambling.com Towers. I've got Dave Weldon with me. Hello, Dean. Hi, Dave. I've got Paddy Asper with me. How are you, Dino? Very good. And Derma Nolan is here. Um, I would say you're just about recovered. Are you from Cheltenham now, Derma? Just about, Dean. Just about. We're, we're slowly but surely getting there. Thank God. Okay. Well, that's good to hear. We're going to review uh, the Cheltenham Festival 2019 in its entirety. Day one, day two, day three, and day four. And we're going to start, of course, with day one. Um, the meeting kicked off in what's become almost traditional fashion now for a Cheltenham Festival. Uh, Ruby Walsh won the first on a horse trained by William Mullins. Uh, perhaps not a horse we talked about a lot on the race out in the build-up to Cheltenham Festival, so we didn't know where it was going to run. Classical Dream won the Supreme. Uh, let's go to Dermot Nolan. Yeah, Dean, just... This was an absolutely serious performance. Um, I mean, on the way down, you could just see how un, how unhappy uh, he was. You know, Ruby had his legs out of the irons, and he was he he was just all over the place. And for him to pick up like he did, for him to run, just he put it to bed so easily. And um, that's not a bad supreme, I don't think. And I just think we we have a very good horse there. I mean, they were humming and hawing about where they were going. My, Poor old Mikey Fogarty was going to put him up during our preview night, and we all told him not to because he was going to run in the Ballymore. Uh, but it was uh, it was a serious performance. Uh, it was great to see Ruby again, just just jump the last like that. Uh, Angels Brett was the one we all were absolutely wax lyrical about. They, they, there was a, there was an error there where Fakir the Doors rather took him out, but still he just kind of it was too soon for him. Um, I think he's going to be a very good horse, but it definitely wasn't going to be on that day. But classical dream, I'd love to see him stay over hurdles next year and we might well have one hell of a champion hurdle next year. Dude. Yeah, he's an interesting horse. And again, one that we kind of ruled out on the basis that we didn't think he was going to pitch up here. Angel's Breath, you mentioned um, he had probably just one race missing in his itinerary really before a Supreme, perhaps. But we will find out at Aintree. Paddy, I come to you. I know you're a big fan of uh, Aramon and Classical Dream's form over the Christmas period when we saw them. It was a big step up though, wasn't it, from Classical Dream to win the Supreme? Oh, massive. Um, but I think what we've got to look at here, you know, is, you know, that horse that Brownie Frost rode, you know, he's no mug really on the front end, Brandon Castle, and he can, he can go a good gallop. But, yeah. you know, by the time they pass the stands, you know, Ruby was on her girth and I'd say he was chirping at her to, to go on, you know, to go to go quicker because, you know, he didn't want, obviously want to be in front that far out, but, you know, it just sort of showed that the pace this horse has got and, and really, you know, he was probably just doing enough on the Ruby all the way and and still to travel as far as he did on the bridle and just win so easily. Um, oh, it, 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 it was just an awesome performance. I mean, although I said I was a bit, underwhelmed with the first day classical dream for me was was the absolute standout mm, yeah it was a very taken performance i think immediately afterwards ruby suggested the arc or willie i think and I'm, this is hearsay said he wasn't so sure you think this one's got a future over fences sooner rather than later or stay over hurdles paddy well i mean i think they've got time on their side he, he really is you know um very very low mileage this horse um but i mean look they've got them options but i suppose that they've got to see w what else stays over hurdles and what's going to kick on over fences but um you know he doesn't look like a horse that you'd be in a massive hurry to jump fences because i still think they're going to have some serious days out over the smaller obstacles you know yeah fair enough dave weldon's here dave two uh the places were filled by ollie murphy runners uh, Thomas Darby, one I was very interested in, obviously, and a big run for Mitchy Feet, who I know Stephen Cass was a mad fan of on the podcast. Uh, I'm glad to say I came out on the right side of that argument. Unfortunately, Ruby got in the way. 
Yeah, in fairness to Ruby, like he, he timed it perfectly. And it, when you look at the race now, he blew them all apart. Like, like Thomas Derby and Itchy Feet were both ridden to make it the best of the way home, which they did. And Ollie pretty much judged it perfectly with the two of them. Yeah. But the rest are nowhere. Like Fracker de Rio is six lengths further back from Itchy Feet. And then the rest are, are nowhere, like just 11 lengths back to between the first set six and the rest of them. Yeah. So, um, like classical dream was some performance. Like he was keen. Like you see with the false start, his head was on the ground. He was chewing grass all the way down to the, the first hurdle. Like yeah, and um, he's a serious horse, twenty five year old as well. So you'd imagine they stay hurdling them one I'd more. Imagine they hurdling one more. You get a bit more experience into him, full season under his belt, and then go chasing the year after. Um, Thomas Derby, there's a serious spot in him someday because he's so mentioned. He jumped, mm. he jumped like I jumped him, but uh, he's a. He got there. To finish it was second. an interesting ride from from Dickie Johnson. I don't think he had much choice. Like the horse's head carriage is a bit odd. Yeah. Anyway, we know the engine is there. A runner that didn't run Elixir de Nuts. That form with Thomas Darby early on in the season, which has been crabbed by the likes of Dermot Nolan and other people like that uh, on this podcast, um, stood up all right. Elixir de Nuts must have a race. Maybe they get that to entry. I'd say hopefully they do get it to entry because you'd like to see how the collateral form is going to work out. Um, is it believable? You'd imagine so. The way Elixir de Nuts was beaten by Thomas Derby and then yeah. went and won other races. So um, hopefully that'll be some rematch at Aintree. Okay, that's the Supreme. Uh, be interesting to see what they do do with Classical Dream, even if we will see it again this year. I assume we will. Seems a very hardy and tough horse. That, the way the champion hurdle field kind of fell apart, and we'll talk about that uh, in a little while, you'd imagine they might go pot hunting for the big for the big guns next year with Classical Dream. Uh, let's talk about the Arkle. Um, well documented on this podcast and in other places on the Twitter sphere that it perhaps wasn't a vintage year. We might have had a vintage winner, though. Duke de Genevra. Um, there was not a lot wrong with its prep. I don't know whether everyone had it at the top of, it, of the mark for an Arkle horse this year, but it couldn't have won in any better style, David. No, um, like you, I think it's first run over fences. Um, I can't remember when it was, but a Plutard actually beat it on that day in receipt of loads of weight. That form obviously works out as we'll talk on, Doesn't it, touch yeah. on later on. Um, and you look at through a line through the Reichberg and us and them, he's beaten us and them further than the Reichberg ever has. Um, and like I know the English kind of fell over themselves, um, and or knew it. Um, yeah, knew as yeah, really, yeah, yeah. Um, but due to the never was is an unbelievable performance. Looking back on it now, at the time I was like, oh, how was that one? Um, I didn't have that on my radar, but um, it went off five to one in the end. So it's, it's it was a serious performance. It was never in trouble really. Jumping two out, he always knew it was going to win and win comfortably. Yeah, uh, Dermanola. If you'd have told me Hardline was going to go off 130 favorite for the Arco, I would have laughed at you. Um, he did. Uh, Duke de Genevra was a taking winner though. Was definitely. Uh, sometimes a good horse can win a bad race, and I think that is the uh, the case here. Uh, I think Duke, fair, yeah. Duke de Genevra was was just very good. I mean, you, you could see two out just how far really was Paul Townend going to bound away for um, the 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 big thing is is that obviously the the race completely fell apart, and I kind of I'm just hoping someday now we we do get a very good article again because it, it's been a while now. Um, you know, it's. Uh, it's a division, the two mile chasing division, that kind of needs a bit of love. It's it's just I don't know whether people have gone off buying buying the likes of them. I mean, Hardline like he's gone off massive odds in his in his novice hurdling days, and then to go off one hundred and thirty for a race like that does show kind of where we where we are. And then Footpad, your best friend, running the way he did in the Ryanair shows the the strength of of last year's article. So it's it's just kind of it's a division that's that's befuddling and it's um it's a confusing division for sure but you cannot take one thing away from that winner it was uh was very very good but the uh the horse i'm most looking forward to next year now if he stays over that that division is Silas emery who kind of he he danced all over him didn't he really at, at goran park to, 
two mm. runs before that. Yeah, I mean, we talk about Larishberg missing the race. Maybe that form wouldn't have been good enough to beat Duke de Genève, seeing where us and them has finished. But Celio Semri is definitely one that was missing from the pile and probably would have played a big, big hand. Paddy Aspel, did the Arkel underwhelm you on the Tuesday? Um, uh, yeah, I suppose the, the form of the race in general did. But like Darmo says, the winner was very, very good. I mean, us and them had bits and pieces of form behind Larishberg and massive run by Articulum. I was delighted for connections there because... You know, it was a brave, brave shout yeah. to pop this one in there, and it's run well. But you know, then you've got the likes of Clondalk Castle, who was a late um, supplementary entry for Tom George. So you yeah. know, and when I read the, the article on on Clondall, that was more of a sort of a day out plan. So that just sort of shows you. And I mean, my old, even my old mate knocked knocked the noose, managed to get round. Um, I was thinking that when I was watching the race. Did you see the other day? Obviously. They lined them up on the wide outside and they didn't bounce him out. You know, they were very clever, um, you know, kept the revs down on the early doors and he actually jumped okay. Um, but, you know, Glenn Force, uh, I was absolutely choking. Um, it's the first mistake he's ever Yeah, it's horrible yeah, for them. You know, first mistake he's ever made in his life and poor Johnny Burke. The thing is, Johnny will have got cribbed by that from people because people say, Jesus, he fell off. Him. But, you know, he knows that horse so well, how sure-footed he is. Um, sometimes, you know, when you've got so much trust in an animal, they make the slightest little error like that, and you're going to come out the side door, and it just looks so soft. And um, But, you know, Lawler never never rose any description of a gallop. It, all around, it was it was a dis- disappointing sort of... Um, disappointing race to watch, but nonetheless, the, the the winner was very, very good. I mean, to win an Arca by 13 lengths is, you know, it's, it's, it's no... Um, it's no small performance. No, um, he'd interest me as a Ryanair type for next year. I think there's definitely more to come from him. Uh, a bad race won by a good horse is well described by Dermot Nolan, I think. Let's talk about the champion hurdle. Uh, Dermot, I have to come to you because you've been an Espire Dallin fan for a long time. Uh, you were very positive about him on our preview night. Um, you know, it all came together for Espire Dallin on the day. Uh, you have to wonder, though, whether the horse might have won had we seen a performance from Apple's Jade that we'd seen earlier on in the season or we'd seen uh, perhaps Bouvardet obviously negotiate all the hurdles. 100%. Uh, I think he still won like a very, very good horse. I think just that that jump two out when he jumped between uh, Lorena and Mellon, he, he just put them to bed very easily. Um, I read Simon Rowland's piece and he kind of summed it up well that the, the rest of them stopped, but he was still on a normal year. He was still a good winner of the race uh, time-wise and everything else. I mean, all of his uh, his splits, he just ran the race perfectly. Mark Walsh gave an absolute dream ride. The one note we have to have is that <laughs> last year, the Dublin Racing Festival spat out winners at the Shetland Festival. This year, that firm ground just seemed to empty a, a lot of horses. Um, you know, Apple's Jade flopped, uh, Min flopped. Ruby Wall said it as well about Bell's Hill that he just didn't feel right from the first uh, f- fence. I think next year, no matter what happens, it, if the ground comes up like that, Leprosound need to water because it uh, it seemed to hinder an awful lot of horses going to the Shelton Festival. But again, that's 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 not the problem of Boover there or or um, or Gavin Cromwell or Mark Walsh. You, it was a splendid performance. Um, Lorena is probably just not as good as we thought she was. But again, Ruby said afterwards that he just didn't think she took a cut either. He was kind of hanging on to Mellon the whole way around. But that horse was stepping up almighty on all forms. So arguably, had that horse been a 80 to 1 shot and had, had come into the race like that, we'd be saying Lorena actually ran a great race. Um, but that's that's obviously not what happened. Esbert Allen's very smart. They weren't going to run because they were saying that he'd be a, a bigger and better horse next year. 
And I just think we have a very, very splendid horse there. And even going into it next year, you've got the likes of Saldier, who was arguably coming to beat him at, at Nice last year. And I just think that uh, that whole division, the uh, the Triumph division from last year, might not be the worst going forward. I mean, Mr. Adjudicator ran a, a fine race in the county hurdle as well, was kind of very quiet. He'd be one to take forward as well. And it's a division that I quite like. And um, I just think next year now we're going to have one hell of a champion hurdle and Esper Allen deserves to be going in favour to everything because whilst, again, the race definitely cut up, he was still a very fair winner. And... Um, I just really like him. I just love the the way he hurdles. He, he was so quick through the race and that jump two out that he just put the race to absolute bed. It's not his fault that, that the others didn't run their races. He just hammered them. And um, I think we're looking at a very good horse there. Dean. It's kind of like the first year Bouverdere won was you can crib the form. He still went away and absolutely blitzed them. And I think uh, that's what... That's what Esper Allen did on the day as well, then. Yeah, fair enough. Um, Paddy, not many uh, champion hurdles are won by 15 lengths. Uh, that's what Esper Allen did. I thought it was a very canny ride by Mark Walsh. Um, I think he did suggest he was riding to pick up the pieces. The pieces came earlier, perhaps, than he would have even liked. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and even, you know, travelling so well. And then once he's turned in, you know, Mark was, he was afforded the luxury of just letting his chap drift right across to the stands rail and, you know, cover plenty of ground and still win by 15 lengths. Um, I mean, the horse in second, Mellon, although he was 15 lengths behind, I mean, it was obviously a, a, a massive, uh, a massive run, but, you know, I thought looking at it, they've put Mellon in there to upset Apple's Jade. Um, it that job like was that. done. Yeah, I mean, it did. It didn't really matter in the end because Apple's Jade. You could see uh, Jack's body language when he jumped a hurdle past the stands. She, she put down at it, and straight away Jack was was, was chivying her. And, and I was thinking, Christ, they've only jumped two hurdles here. There was circuit to go, um, so she was never really taking him. But nonetheless, I thought Paul Town had done a fantastic job on Mellon because. He really, really, you know, eyeballing Apple's Jade didn't really suit her. Um, and he's ended up running, you know, a massive, massive race. I thought it was a very good run and very good ride. Uh, but, yeah, similar to the Arkle, maybe a little bit um, little bit underwhelming. I mean, Lorena never really turned up. And just wonder, obviously, with Bouvedere crashing out earlier and bringing down all Sharjah, who didn't deserve that. But that's the way it goes. But, yeah, it was, it was a little bit disappointing of an actual race, but still same comments applied to the Ar- as the Arkle, you know, very, very good performance in the winner and couldn't couldn't knock him. Great great shot by Dharma. Yep, seems fair to me. David Weldon, um what did you make of well, I mean if you just look at that result on paper now, you'd be like, Oh my god, what happened there? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. You'd be like, where where's everyone else gone? Um the, the only like Apple's Jade, we've given her enough chance to Cheltenham now. I'd probably it's I'd probably be safe to say it's not her track. She's um, just not one you can back at a short price no, there. No. And that's she's only ever going to be a short price. She's much price better around tight, tighter tracks, the likes of Leperstown and even Fairy House, you know, where she kind of gets her own way in front and a little bit easier. Um, as the lad said, like she was spoiled up front kind of by Melon. I, I thought that instantly when I seen Melon going to the front, like that's not how you ride Melon. Obviously, they were just trying to freshen up Melon a little bit. He's pro- Melon's probably ran it for your best. Um, well he's probably, probably going close enough to last year's Chapman, Chapman Hurdle form um, when he was just beat, touched off by Boo there. The only unknown for me is that Boo there fell. You don't know. He seems to be traveling well enough. Barry maybe was a little bit low, kind of trying to get him to jump he a said bit he better. Didn't feel right, yeah, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, so you don't know, but like you can't crab Esper Allen at all. And I was reading the stat yesterday that like the only five-year-old to win the champion hurdle and not win multiple champion hurdles is was catch it. The rest of the five-year-olds have gone on to win more than one. So he's obviously a horse with low mileage, lowest potential, only beaten once in his career. Yep. Um. 
and I think he's six to I know it's a long way away, but he's six to one for next year. Like if he shows up after having two runs, three runs between now and then and not being beaten, what price do you go off? Yeah. That's short, you know. Yeah, and you'd imagine there'd be no Apples Jade All Arena to take yeah. on next year after this year's exploits yeah. would be my view. I don't think yeah. I think they'll yeah. go elsewhere now. Uh, the arena has scoped and trip in my opinion. Like, yeah, I would say she so. came there two out. Uh, I know Ruby said afterwards that he was holding on to nothing, but she travelled right throughout the race, hanging on to Mellon. Um, I think fences and two and a half miles supposed to be her making her. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, okay, well, maybe, you know, really good performances in mildly underwhelming races, eventually, depending on what side you're on of the betting market. I know Dermot Nolan will think that champion hurdle is one of the best of all time, and quite rightly. So um, let's, talk about some, <laughs> let's talk about some of the other results on day one. Uh, Beware the Bear, under a really good Jerry McGrath ride, uh, took the old team. Um, we had Aplutar win by an absolute street under Rachel Blackmore, Henry de Bromhead in the Close Brothers, and Jamie Codd does what he does at Cheltenham, which is get the better of everyone else winning. At the oh, Nash- Discorama. Oh, yeah, God. yeah. Well, Demo, I mean, you can start there if you want. I think Discorama was home for all money jumping the last, but you didn't bank on the Codfather. It was. I, I thought Paul Paul Nolan said, said it quite well. There were there was just a few moments in the race where, like, Barry got off the horse, apparently, and just said to Paul that there was a few moments the horse was falling in front of him where he had to go off a true line. And it, it just one of those things that, you know, when you, I think if you lost by a few lengths, you'd just say, oh, that was a great ride. When you lose by a neck, you're gonna you know you're gonna beat yourself up a bit, no matter what way the whole race worked out. And Paul Nolan said it quite well. Barry gave it a screaming ride, um, just bumped into and inspired Jamie Codd, and just everything kind of went wrong, but went right as well. I mean, he was in the middle of the trouble, but he just seemed to keep getting away with it. And then jumping two out, you think he's gonna go past here, and jumping the last, you think he's gonna go past here, and he just didn't do it. But it was still a screaming run, and uh, I think Discorama next year, I. I'd love to see him aimed at something like the Irish Grand National or something like that. And I think he'd go very close. Yeah, I need to imagine that's where he's going to end up, like proper strap and stay and chase just denied by one of them. Uh, Dave, um, great result for Rachel Blackmore and Al Plutard. You won't find an easier winner maybe at Cheltenham Festival than that. No, not in a handicap anyway, um, especially how now they are so fiercely competitive and so um, tightly weighted. Um, just came there. You knew to turn for home that there's only, only one winner and it was matter of how far and you'd think he would have went close in a, any of the grade ones really in the novices um fantastic performance and the horse i'd take out that for me the second and third because they ben dundee was friendless in the market i don't think there was anything expected from him he opened 16s went off 40s and um the way gordon's were running on the tuesday he was the only one really for me to take out a race and along with Terry Nice warm-up for Keith Donoghue of what was to come during the week exactly, as well, wasn't it? Yeah. It was a clever yeah. little ride. It was, yeah. He kept him just ha- nice and handy, got him <laughs> jumping. It's a horse who's had his jumping issues in the past um, and the better ground, the, sorry, the soft ground probably helped him a little bit get out of the ground. Um, yeah, he'd be one for me now for the for the big handicaps to punch sound like that. Yeah, you'd imagine there's a bit of spring uh, winning to be done with the likes of Ben Dundee and a big run as well from Tower Bridge. Um, now, I didn't mention Benny Didier Benny Didier, or whatever you want to call her. Um, Paddy, I'm going to ask you about Benny. Um, what happened to her at the last in the mess? Yeah, it was obviously it was heartbreaking, wasn't it? Um, I mean, the thing is, did you see the the thing that your man put Jamie Osborne put out on um, social media regarding the 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 fall? No, no. What did he say? Now, Jamie Osborne is fantastic. I mean, he's half cracked, but he talks an awful lot of sense when he's being serious. But he'd had, you know, seen all these, you know, comments about what Ruby done it. And he must have went on about ten minutes for explaining it. And he just said it was it was simply the fact that 
the the mare was simply in between strides. She was, if she'd have gone and put another one in, she'd have probably made an awful mistake because she'd have been in far too deep. But where she's decided to come up from was just a half a stride too long. Um, she trailed a leg, and you know it's it's we've seen it happen so many times. But it was just such a carbon copy of 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 Annie Power. But I mean, look, the top and bottom, but it is. We're still lucky to have her because when you look at, look back at the fall again, it was identical to any power. You know, she's gone over on her neck. Very, very lucky that she got up at the back of it. Um, it's absolutely heartbreaking, and she was she was uh, going to be a very, very convincing winner. But that's the way it goes. And I mean, Harry Skelton summed it up perfectly afterwards. You know, he didn't celebrate, and he said, "Look, it, it is all about luck. The hurdles are there to be jumped, but um, you know, we would have been a real good second on the day." And um, Still, you take nothing away from there, Mary. She would have run an absolute screamer, but yeah, I mean, obviously for punters, she, she was she was the banker of the day, but it was uh, it was any power all over again. But it was it was yeah, it was, it was unfortunate, but that's the way it goes. And I mean, I just think the way Ruby dealt with it, like even the next days, I know obviously, look, he's got so many other chances of good horses to get on. You can soon get over these things, but you know, he he just takes it so well, doesn't he? Because you can't imagine the amount of stick he gets. Oh yeah, and it's it's misplaced. We know that, but you know, wallet talk and everything else connected to it. It's just these things can happen. You can't take anything away from the skeletons with Roxana. I thought Stormy Island ran a big race as well. Looked absolutely flat to the boards at the last, and still came back. Um, yeah, uh, you know, skeletons had a good week. This was the start of it with Roxana. I think if Ruby hadn't won the first on Classical Dream, he may well have been in a seriously foul situation. Yeah, and I think if he hadn't won the first race on classical dream he would have jumped it completely different he wouldn't have let her do her own thing going so? down to it he would have made up her mind or he would have let her just pop it and made sure she got over i'm sure if he could ride it 10 times in a row he said, he said himself over. if he jumps that hurdle 99 times over 100 she gets over yeah you know oh it's heartbreaking um okay that's day one uh let's move on to day two and paddy asp i'm going to start with you because the ballymore novices you've been telling us all year on the race hour that city island uh coming from mark brazil's yard connected to the obviously the sponsors was a big price and a big player in the ballymore and despite you know the lights at champ that ran a really good race and um, bright forecasters run well in third battle over doyen unplaced favorite in the end um, City Island is the business and he did it in the start of a very good horse Paddy oh he did yeah I was just so chuff chuff for the horse and chuff for for Martin and um, the thing is at least there was absolutely you know you couldn't crib him at all because Champ came there with every chance you know was given equally as good a ride and you know he's, he's beaten purely on merit Um you know, he's a proper horse this City Island and obviously connections were keen to win the race, but you know, I mean it's it, it was it was just such a good plan. And I mean it was actually I was saying he he was he would have been unbeaten. It was something to do with a with a substance when he won at he won at Galway sometime last year. So realistically he still is unbeaten over hurdles, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah, no, it, it, it was fantastic and you know, I think connections have got a real nice one going forward. But you know, on the day to get eight to one, um, I thought it was a cracking price, and you know, it was all down to the fact that you, if we'd had flashier connections, I think he'd have been half that price. But nonetheless, he he still turned up and got the job done, and oh, I was chuffed a bit. Yeah, it was a super performance. Um, Dave, what did you make of the race? It was, City Iron has gone and done it well. A little bit disappointed, maybe with Battle Over Doyen. 
Oh, big time, yeah. Gordons weren't flying, though, they were they? They weren't flying. It's very hard in that microcosm of Cheltenham. After one day of not getting the results, it's like, all oh, these horses are wrong. Like, we heard all the rumours. They can't the, be all wrong. We heard all the rumours on Tuesday night of there was a virus in the yard, there was 10 horses shipped off somewhere else to hide them and all this kind of stuff. Like um, It was put to bed later on in the day, but you were seriously fearful of them. Um, now, I kind of, at the start of the week, I was thinking to myself, right, the likes of Battle Over Dying and Commander of Flea, they're not going to be drilled this isn't their job. Their job's going to be next year over fences and stuff like that going down. They're staying chasers in the making. Um, so if they were going to get beat, this is the day they're going to get beat at Cheltenham, um, which is the way I looked at it. I thought Mark Walsh gave the winner an absolute peach for a ride. Even like, he was upside Barry jumping the last and he kind of got a length ahead and he made sure to switch over to the rail again. Barry didn't have to switch around him. It cost Barry probably half length. I'm not saying he would have got there or anything like that, but it cost Barry time and momentum, um, which gave Mark that little bit of leeway. Um, I thought... Both Bruin Up a Storm and Sam Profile ran good races for the future as well. Um, Bruin Up a Storm, they both probably three miles in the making, just didn't want to do it to them at this age. Um, and they both just they didn't see out the race as well as the, the tree in front of them. But they're both seriously good performances to take forward. Yeah. Uh, demo case, perhaps, you know, listen to the lads there talk about the Ballymore that one horse was drilled for one day, and that made a lot of sense with City Island given the connections and everything. And some of these are works in progress in behind. Yeah, definitely. I mean, a lot of the novice chase or novice hurdlers that, that kind of come from these bigger yards are are being held back for the bigger day. I mean, Keith Dunne, who said it at the race our preview night as well, that the, he was fearful that, 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 that the race might just come a year too early. Um, and that probably was what happened there. I mean, that race definitely put the fear under you that there was something wrong with Gordon Elliott's yard because he just didn't seem to travel and was kind of soft enough in the market as well but saying all that you, you, you can't say though that that the winner was over was overran all year either I mean you know he was running in very soft races himself he's been brought along slowly and he went and he won it a, a lot of these Ballymore winners do do kick on and be very good horses I wouldn't be taking anything away from, from that winner uh it wasn't on my radar at all it was a splendid shout by by Paddy and um he's just a very good horse and like it's great for Mark Walsh great for Brazil I agree with everything that Paddy said and it's a race that you're going to have to just watch a bit now because last year we thought that that, that Ballymore was going to turn out to be an absolute unbelievable race and it hasn't so we'll just have to sit back now and wait for this but City Island's going to be one hell of a novice chaser and as a lot of these will but sometimes we get caught up with these high horses and just you know he's gone and won it now so he's the one we should be excited about and the rest of them have, have to prove it. Yeah, yeah, and they're going to get plenty of opportunity to do that. City Island strikes me as a nice Drinmore type. <laughs> I'll be waiting for him to pop up. Hundred percent, yeah. And I, I might join in the in the in the Paddy Aspel queue then to get on uh, for a Drinmore. I'm a little bit late to the party, though. I have to say. Uh, let's talk about the RSA because we were, spent ages talking about three horses in this race for a long time. Oh, what a race! And boy, they delivered, didn't they? Paddy Aspel. That's the race of the festival for me. I know people will have different reasons why they like different races. For me, those three coming to the second last and the last and then fighting it out up the hill uh, was something else in the RSA and top of the game coming out on top. Yeah, no, he did. And and the thing is, look, we had all the chat about Santini and, and his, his foot in the in the days leading up to it. But I'm just so glad he, he turned up and, and ran his race. But for me, you know, I thought this was probably the ride of the festival. Um, because when this horse was beat at Kempton, I'd say Harry was absolutely kicking himself. I mean, whether 
whether he was he, he, he was the best thrusher on the day at Camden, I don't know, but I, I thought maybe he could have won it. And a lot of lessons were learned there, clearly, by by Harry. And they just got it down to a nice the other day. I know he had the horse underneath him, but, you know, he fenced, he rode him with so much confidence. Just pre- He couldn't have produced him a second earlier or later. You know, it, it was brilliant. And in fairness, Santini had enough time up the run-in if Harry was there sort of two or three strides too early to come back and get him. But in fairness, the top of the game, he has looked a little bit shirky once or twice. But, you know, he dug it out the other day. Um, and, you know, just Nichols's comments afterwards were interesting because, you know, he said this horse is 18 hands high. If you stand into him, he's very hard to keep weight on. Um, and he's very difficult to get work into without him running up too light on you. So, you know, it was just a great training performance. Um, and obviously the fact that the, the, the lessons were learned on, on how to ride him at, at, at Kempton. And, you know, you could see Paul Barber and, and all the gang there got a great kick out of it. And, you know, for me, um, and Harry Cobden said the same to Nichols afterwards because Nichols was asked about after the Gold Cup, you know, they were pleased with Clandis Oboe, but Harry Cobden, in his own words, said to him, he's run well, but we know we've got our own, our, our own Gold Cup horse for next year, meaning this chap, you know. Yeah, I, I think I have to agree. Yeah, I, I would agree too. I think this one has a blend of speed and stamina, whereas oh, that's that's very hard to find. Like you find it in Gold Cup horses. Dave Weldon, it was some finish. I wouldn't rule out Delta Work from coming back a little bit stronger next year either. I personally think Delta Work's not a three miler. Okay, maybe will with a summer on his back. He'll straighten mm. up a little bit. He looked a bit weak. I think Davey got there far too soon as well. To be honest, um, he was. In front, I was wondering last. whether he thought he could skip away from them, yeah, being the type of horse he is. Yeah. But yeah, and he kind of just didn't. I can't remember now if he made a slight mistake at the second last, or something like that. Um, and Santini as well. I know he lost the four shoe and all that kind of stuff, but um, he jumped the front and last. And I always thought to myself, if Santini jumped the front and last, he'd win because he'd just keep going, keep going, and nothing would get by him. Just find a bit more. And the fact the top of the game put the head down. And when he kind of like the way uh, you're saying there about the speed and the stamina, he's nearly a perfect mix between Cotto and Denman. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, he's got, <laughs> like, the, size he's got the size of Denman, and he might and have the, the fleet of foot yeah. of, of a Cotto star. Yeah. Imagine, like that's it's some scary thought. Like like he to me, he should be favourite now for the Gold Cup next year. Um, we all know how hard it is to go back and retain your Gold Cup crown and run well. And it, like it, it, it takes a lot of horses. He's going to be the fresh horse going into next year. He probably won't win at Kempton because I don't think Kempton will be his track. Um, and he'll go into that. He's a serious, serious like in the fairness, the front three are all serious horses to look forward to going next year, and it could be could be in for a an absolute stellar year of staying chases. We could, um, Demo. We know you know you professed your love for Santini before many many times. Uh, he didn't let you down. He just didn't get it done on the day. It doesn't mean he won't win the war overall. That's it. I mean, that was. It. It has to remember that that was you know that was Santini's eighth run, and as Dave mentioned, he lost his shoe. You know. <coughs> I'm not going to pretend for a second that I know the the ramifications every time of losing a shoe, but he got there and he probably should have just kept going. But it was a masterful ride by Harry Cobden. He definitely learned his lesson from Kempton when even Paul Nichols said afterwards that he thought that Cobden got it wrong that day. Um, but it, it's just a serious race and, and it really whets the appetite going forward because just the two of them going up the run in, there, there was, you know, there's half a length between them. They were going the whole way up. I agree with Dave. I don't think... I think Delta Work's going to be a very good horse. I think he'll like the world of stopping next year in a Ryanair. I just think there's a touch of Monley about him in these kind of top-class three-mile races and that he's just going to be continually found out. The reason why, uh, probably definitely the the my brain has always been on Santini, 
top of the game was the valid winner on the day. I just think three miles plus in the Gold Cup will might suit Santini that bit more. And I just think it's going to be one of those real classics next year between between them two and album photo and everything else. But we say this every year and then something goes wrong, but hopefully it does happen. But just the two of them the whole way through their career, Santini on top of the game, every piece of form just seems to be working out. Like when you look at Santini beat Roxana last year at Aintree, uh, was third in the Albert Bartlett, then went on and was third be- behind them two in Le Labagrois is probably an absolute certainty going into Aintree really when you look at it. And you then go into this, this race at Cheltenham when the two of them, were just outstanding. And Santini, you could definitely see what um, Nicky Henderson was at pains to get that extra run into him. He just couldn't. Santini, considering the prep he had, it was far from ideal. But in fairness, top of the game had a very similar prep. And it's just the form that the two of these horses are carrying out of this season. It's very exciting. And I think uh, whether you're you're in the Santini camp like me or the top of the game camp like other people, it doesn't really matter. We're, we're hopefully set up between the brilliant old battles between Nicky Henderson and Paul Nichols again. And it's just great to see Paul Nichols back at the top table because racing needs Paul Nichols and his smack talking and his uh, his demeanour. He's just brilliant. And it's uh, it's great to see him back at the top table as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's taken a little while for him to get his his kind of arse in gear with his best horses, but they certainly, certainly had a great week at Cheltenham. Um, Paddy, I'm going to come to you on Altior. Um, were you for any moment in the race thinking, oh, he's beat? Um, no, on what we'd seen of him um, in a few performances sort of last year, it's just his racing style now. Um, he's looked, it's it's like watching one of these, um, he's like getting one of these Sir Mark one to six shots that Luke Morris rides. They're, they never go around like one to six shots and your heart to be in your mouth. Um, but Altior... He's just getting lazy, um, and that's top and bottom of it for me. He's just getting lazy. He's leaving plenty of work up for Nico, but you're always safe around somewhere like Cheltenham once there's rising ground and you know pressure is applied, like proper pressure. You know he's going to get the job done, but like you know, Nicky Henderson said after, he, he isn't pleasant viewing um, sort of as, as what he used to be, but the thing is, he's gone, is he 18 straight, no one beaten? Um you yep. really can't you can't crib the horse for getting a bit a bit bone idle and, and and that's all he's doing for me and I mean visually because he's gonna go off the price he is visually he's never gonna be that 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 nice to watch and that enjoyable but the thing is that the record is there and and he's he's still unbeaten but if you if you were if you were in at four to eleven you certainly would have been having a little sweat for sure. Yeah, jumping the last, there was a definite intake of breath uh, at Cheltenham. We were stood there watching it uh, just near the parade ring and you could hear the hush, uh, but I wasn't I mean, that concerned. Th- thingy, uh, just when, when Dermo and the boys were saying there about Paul Nichols, Paul Nichols, this was one of his main fancies of the week was so royal. He said that after Darrell Jacob brought him the last, he said that this is, you know, this... A little, a little, yeah, a little so, so royal ended up third. Uh, Alan, Alan King, uh, Alan King, uh, or sorry, um, Alan King said, yeah, um, you know about 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 so Royal, the sort of form that Darrell said that this horse was going into Cheltenham was the best he ever was. So it was a good shout by them, but um, yeah, uh, Aldior, he's not pretty viewing, but he still he, he he just gets the job done now, doesn't he? 
He does, and he did get it done. And that, I think, I mean, he came into a round of applause as he crossed the line. It was just an, a, an appreciation moment from the audience there that they are watching a very special horse. What we didn't get from him and what we may not get from him now in his career is these once-in-a-lifetime kind of demolition jobs, a masterminded type crush the field. We did get that from Tiger Roll in, in the cross-country chase, David Weldon. And, uh, you know, Keith Donahue's had a steering job. We, I don't think we expected it to be a steering job. No, like you'd expect them to be hacking around out the back and three, four out, come around and suddenly be there sitting there and just go get the job done by seven or eight lengths. But in the end, he's won by 22 lengths. I would say in no uncertain terms, Keith was told, go out there, hack, go around forward, win, win well, and just shut everyone else up. Well, in the context of the, the week that Gordon Elliott yeah. had to that point. Yeah, because we, were, we were standing in the parade ring and you've seen Gordon coming in and I've never seen a man happier. The relief was clear on his face. Um, fair enough, he loves the horse as well. He's done everything for him, won Grand Nationals and Triumphs and, and everything else. But um, you could see the relief. He was a man under pressure at that moment in time. And Keith went out and gave him an absolute cracking ride. There was never any doubt. I could have ridden that. Yeah. Well, no, actually, no. I definitely couldn't have ridden no, you that. You would have fallen a, off. There's a few the old fences involved. Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah. you, you, you'd have surely got lost at some point, you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't have sat now. <laughs> I would have been in trouble. Um, it sounds like now they're committed to going to the Grand National. He's going to go off very short. What do you reckon? Five two? No. Well, yeah, it's possible. It is possible. I don't know what number he is in the National. If he's number eight, that will uh, crash the market too because yeah. when the Asian money comes in. Um, Dermot Nolan, what price will he go for the Grand National, Tiger Roll? God, between three and fives anyway, at least, isn't it? Like oh, he's, um, yeah, he's a machine of a horse. He's an absolute machine. And you just have to, uh, you have to value horses like him. You know, it's it's like on the fringe and everything else. Was was not winning gold cups. It's uh, familiarity in life is the most comforting thing. And w- when you have a horse like him, it's why people fall in love with the jumps is the likes of Tiger Roll. And it's uh, horses that kind of turn up every year. You kind of, uh, people that wouldn't know much about racing can kind of look at it and go, oh, oh. Old Tiger Roll is back again. We'll sure we'll back him, and um, it's just he's a tremendous horse, and he's uh, he's one that will go down as being one of the greats. And if he won the Grand National, lads, it's uh, you can forget your red rooms. It's uh, it's Tiger Roll time, really, isn't it? He's now rated one six seven. Yeah, over fences. Like, he would he would have gone close in the Gold Cup. That's what I'm saying. He, he probably would have placed in the Gold Cup, like yeah, in that form. Like, he's he's so. some horse, like for the size of him as well. He's only a small little. He head, but yeah, everyone keeps talking about just. He's a phenomenal horse. He really is. I can't he, wait um, for entry now. And I, I think it, it weight-wise, is he two? Pa- he's only got two pound more this time, is he? At the moment, if um, Bristol de May runs, which I think he will, uh, he'll carry that weight. But if Bristol de May comes out, he'll jump up a few more pounds, buddy. Right. Yeah. He's nine pounds higher in the in actual rate, in actual mark. Like. Yeah, yeah. It's a fair ask, but you know those we those nine fences, better horses here. Those fences. Yeah, he looks it. Those fences do not take as much jumping as they once did, let's be honest. Um, a reason that a horse like Tiger Roll has already won a Grand National is testament to the way that they've changed yeah. that race. So it's set up for him. It, he could well do it. There were other uh, winners on the day. I thought JJ Slevin was brilliant on, albeit a very unexposed band of outlaws who ran away with the Boodles or the, uh, the Fred Winter, as it used to be known. Uh, Nico de Bonville picked up the pieces with a late lunge on William Henry uh, to land the Coral Cup. And Envoy Allen won under Jamie Codd again. Anything you want to pick out from those three races, David? Um, just how good Envoy Allen was. It was, he was good. There plenty soon enough, and we've seen the last couple of renewals of the champion bumper. It's the one coming late, flying up the hill that gets there. Um, but Bruce Airy got to him, got to him plenty soon enough, and Envoy Allen was eventing going away at the line. He's going to be a serious horse next year. 
Yep, the uh, money came for Band of Outlaws demo, and he surely delivered to give the punters a little bit of a kickstart at the meeting at that point. Hundred uh, percent, kind of went from Tiger Roll into him, and then Vialen when it kind of looked like the the bookies were 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 rather on top bar bar. Obviously, top of the game wasn't friendless either, but it was uh it was definitely sure. a timely few performances, and it kind of kicked off Joseph O'Brien's week as well. He's a ferocious trainer. They like to go to go in here off off top weight it might be a new trend now that rather than take on these hot triumphs you might have a triumph horse that can carry that that weight in a handicap like that because to be honest he was he was probably 10 pounds too good for everything really wasn't he yeah he was and i thought he got actually i think he got a very patient ride from jj slevin albeit he must have known what he had underneath him and the last day when he won in a bit of a hack canter and everyone was saying oh wasn't that impressive you know it looked a little they knew exactly what they had they had a, a, a pretty smart animal there. check out gambling.com today for up-to-date horse racing trends betting news and strategy guides take advantage of our exclusive bonus offers for the biggest online bookmakers and casinos at gambling.com we write daily tipping pieces on the biggest sports we find the best prices so you don't have to. Make placing a bit easier. Visit gambling.com today. Uh, we will roll into Thursday and the punters uh, were in good form after the end of uh, Wednesday's racing and uh, it all went to plan for them pretty much for most of the day. Defi Desoy uh, landing the JLT at one of our, kind of, I would say, podcast main fancies i know paddy was a lost in translation fan it did deliver as a race didn't it paddy Deffy and lost in translation going at it yeah but you know another one where lessons were learned as regards past experiences because you know when lost in translation got the better of Deffy to saw at Shetland the last time they met there i know he's beaten him again since at sandown but you know he pulled up in front and he gave tizard's horse a chance to come and beat him and, and that's what he did whereas you know garrity was absolutely mustered on him the other day and you know he just he sort of broke he broke lost in translation's heart because he'd been on the front end all the way doing the donkey work and you know he's quick and pass him because he has got that bit of probably that bit more class than lost in translation but he just doesn't want to be on the scene too early but he got it down to a nice lead the other day, Garrity, and it was it was probably up there with, with, with one of the one of the rides of the festival that was very, very well judged. It was, and yeah, hugely confident. He had a tool underneath him though in, in Defi. I think Lost in Translation could be one to take forward when they go over further. Like, what do you think, David? He looks a stayer to me. He's been outspeeded by this horse, but yeah. he does look that tight. Yeah, I agree completely, Dean. I would say Lost in Translation Lost in Translation probably jumped the better as well. Like Barry wasn't entirely happy. He was a bit scratchy. Def he was around that he was jumping in horses and all that kind of thing. Like so, um, he was he was a bit hampered a couple of times. And even Jack on Mangley Clan, Barry went for a gap that wasn't really there. And Jack was giving him no inch, um, as you'd expect. But like Barry, you just timed perfection. You knew as soon as he pulled him out, uh, two out, he was always going to get there. And in fairness, to lost in translation. He's kept going. He's going to be three miler next year, and he's going to be playing another player in, in all them big top three mile chases. Yeah, I would think so. And, and you know, Mengli Khan, uh, Demo, I'll give you a shout on the JLT here. Mengli Khan kind of holds that form up nicely. I know those two have raced each other a lot, but Mengli Khan's a talented horse. He's run a big race in third. Yeah, it was actually uh, Gordon got him there. I mean, that was his, his best performance of the year, which is very typical of Gordon Elliott, that he kind of peaks them towards those those big days like that. That was a huge run. Uh, that, that, that JLT form is very strong and as Paddy said it was it was just a supremely brilliant ride from 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 Barry Garrett here a jockey who who the racing public keep retiring and keeps coming back with that and obviously followed on with Sire de Burley afterwards as well which was one of the best rides I've ever seen and you've got um, 
you've got three very good horses there. Top of the game will be one stepping up and trip. That's uh, not top of the game. Sorry, uh, lost in translation will be one stepping up and trip who's, who's going to be very strong as well. So no, it's it's serious form and um, Defi Desai is just a very exciting horse and it's lovely to see um, Halswood a very good one as well, Dean. Yeah, just needed to get out of the doldrums of a of a bad season there, and the good horses will come to the fore. And, and he'd be delighted with the way Deffy Desoy's going to done that on a very good week as well for JP McManus. Uh, we've got to talk about the Ryanair. Um, it'll get a do lot we? of coverage. Yeah, we do, and it'll get a lot of coverage because of the jockey rode it. But I think we need to talk about the horse here. The jockey is a jockey, and she's a good one, but doesn't really make. That's not the story. Throwed on that career that has been. Uh, marshalled by Paul Nichols and latterly with Bryony Frost in the plate. It's a fantastic partnership, but he has gone to pretty much every party for about the last four years. This is a very, very tough horse. A still a baby demo. Where I mean, Froden could have run the Gold Cup. He went and slammed a very good Ryan Airfield, I thought. He seems like he's like 15 years old, doesn't he? Um, and yeah. he's, he's very young. I mean, he's a seriously good horse. Um, you kept saying, oh, he's reached the ceiling, he's reached the ceiling, and he just doesn't seem to be, reaching, to, to be reaching it. And you can't fault the performance at all because he kind of, he looked beaten about three times and he just keeps coming back. Um, it was a monstrous run from, from Aso in second. Monley, as much as I love him, he probably just is in grade one class and I probably just have to accept that now with him. Uh, but it was a monstrous run from Frodon. And as I think I was one of the people that kind of said that the whole female jockey rhetoric is getting sickening, and it is. Um, these these jockeys are not very good female jockeys. They're brilliant jockeys, and that's the simplicity of it. We're not going to get into that, obviously. But Bryony Frost, nonetheless, is superb for racing. I mean, my, uh, my girlfriend's father was over in the house yesterday, and he's no interest in in the sport he's retired now so he's, he was just throwing on bits of um bits of racing here and there and he turned around to me and he said that god Bryony's very likable and i said yeah and it wasn't frost is very likable or that girl is very likable he watched three races maybe all week and Bryony frost left an impression on him and the likes of her and frodon are huge for racing because she was on the front page of the times the next day and everything else and the more of this happening and the more then that we normalize female jockeys winning because it is very normal rachel blackmore second in the championship here in 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 ireland she won twice lizzie kelly won Bryony frost won the more we normalize this the more we're going to kick on forward as a sport again because her personality and everything else that goes with it we have a fantastic sport we have a fantastic ethos around female involvement because they're every which way as good as the male jockeys and i think it it was a day Thursday to be very proud of our sport and Frodon and um, and Bryony Frost just encapsulated the whole thing, didn't they? Uh, yeah, I think so. And, you know, she gets a lot of coverage and quite rightly, she's one of the most open and giving uh, interviewers after after a race is won. And, and why Pat not? Kelly. She's all about the horse as well. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Um, I, I really enjoyed the Ryanair, and I, I agree with what you said, Dama. I think it was it was a fantastic result for the sport to get racing on the front pages. It should be anyway because it's Cheltenham. Um, it could have been Paisley Park. I thought that was the standout performance of the day. Paddy, we talked about Paisley Park uh, a long time in the run up to the stairs. Uh, at one point during the race, she thought, "Oh no, these, it's not going to happen for Paisley Park fans." But my word, like this is there's an engine in that horse that you've probably only seen in some of the very great stayers. And I know they could be flashing the pants. He doesn't look like one. No, he's had a great season, hasn't he? And I mean, he, that that was that was the icing on the cake. I think he's finished now, isn't he, for for the season? 
Um, well, why not? I mean, that's that's a serious run of uh, of races. If they did go again, you'd imagine he'd win again. But it just depends on the horse, doesn't it? But I mean, like they covered, they took no chances with him. They they rode him patiently. They covered plenty of ground, gave him plenty of room. Um, and you know, really, if you hadn't seen the, if you didn't know the result, and you like you stopped the race turning in, I know. Aiden wasn't sending out serious distress signals, but you stopped that race right on 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 the on the the crown of the bend there. I mean, where where would you guess you're going to finish? Like you're looking at fourth, aren't you, with a good run? Um, yeah, especially when you see in front of him the likes of Fourheen was still tanking. Exactly, you know, and he's down the inside. He's got you know he's got plenty of traffic in front of him, but you know Aiden's been able to switch out now for a, a horse running over that sort of trip. The 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 ground he's covered from turning in. And he's ended up from where he was. He was still in front too soon. Aidan Coleman said it himself. He done the same as what happened in the Cleve. Um, but you know, for a horse that stays that sort of trip to quicken the way he did from from the bend to to be where he was going to the wings of the last hurdle. I mean, that's that's just that's just pure class. Um, now he done the same again as what he did in the Cleve. He, he he barely rose a leg at the last simply because he completely switches off in front. Now he didn't. He didn't tie up as much in front and wait this time because Sam Spinner was was right on his girth and and you know he 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 bounced right back to form so so he's pushed him all the way up the hill but you know he they, they could have the 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 run in could have been a mile long and he he wasn't going to get past Paisley Park but it was for me it was a serious serious performance I, I couldn't believe I didn't actually see the race live now turning in I thought what's happening here how did this win um I think the fact that Aiden was able to switch out. And never really be got in past front two to too soon. Exchanges um, when he was, was four turns. Th- th- that, that's a, that's a series turn. That's his run size. He's still had to go and do it. He's still had to go do it, but that's his run size. So you might get burnt one of these days, but most of the time they're going to be right, you know. Um, and it was just, it was a serious performance. Um, the race in behind it's it's, it's not great, really. When you I want to tip it, my cap know? to Sam Spinner's connections, yeah, because they could have down tools at any point this season. They the horse had already down tools before. To be that confident. To Joe Colliver and Jed O'Keefe, that yeah. they can get him back. He ran a tremendous. He did, race. yeah. You, you, I want to see that backed up though, because he's been terrible all year. And <coughs> like Papone, I know he's running an eye catching race in fourth, um, but he's another one that he doesn't really win. So I think that form, I don't think he's going to stand up through the testament of time, but I think the winner is very good and. I can see him being a multiple winner of this race. Yeah, it could be another one like the other races we discussed, maybe on the first day where the race isn't that great. Um, Fohin ran his heart out and yeah. just doesn't have the legs anymore, perhaps. Um, but we have a very good winner of the race. Dermot, I'll let you have a word on Paisley Park, but I also want to ask you about uh, the other races on that day. It was a good day for Barry Geraghty. He picked up uh, the Potemps on side of Burley with perhaps one of the rides of the festival. Um, Sarah Deluxe was a winner. You mentioned her before. Lizzie Kelly for Nick Williams, who has a terrific record now at the Cheltenham Festival with his few runners there. Um, and how far would Honeysuckle have won uh, the Mayor's Novices? Oh, Dean, what are you doing? This well, you know... <laughs> She would have won, like it's her ting tang. Yeah, on real shout, yeah. <laughs> Honey suckle it. Honey's look is heartbreaking. Yeah, I think the postrician scenario took took each other on and really set up for for behind. But the the horse in second, I, I forget the name now. Who um, and of course Dave Dave Weldon there needs to get a shout because he put up the fifty to one shot on Twitter that won the race. So that was absolutely 
a tremendous shout. But Barry Garrity was sublime um, on nah, on Saturday Burnley. Just everything. It's a great went ride, wrong. like for actually by the front two. Everything went wrong. Um, did go wrong. Yeah, and it was just yeah, absolutely brilliant. Horses. Paisley Park. I've done that. I mean, Aidan Coleman just to deliver that ride on your first grade one winner was just balls of absolute steel. Lizzie Kelly and Sir Sir the Lack. Janika uh, maybe was one that got away, but. Sarah the Lack was just jumped so well that she just couldn't fall to anything there and it kind of was definitely the but yeah and it was just that form line really really came came true so Thursday was just one probably of those a good point was just to mention the fact and, that Ted Walsh had a winner with he's made a fool of me all year Kim so Muir it was very and Paddy Amarski he, he said if you don't like racing uh, you can watch Peppa Pig you can say that, that um, he was that the referring race might be to falling the fans from the National Chase the day before and everyone getting banned it was great to see Sam Spinner run the race that he ran but it was a really good race and Faheen went out in his sort Yeah, yeah, no, it was for sure. I mean, I don't think there could be many people say they enjoyed watching that four miler. It was, I mean, that was another race I didn't see live. Uh, I was working, uh, but I had it on the live live commentary thing because I was screaming for um, for Discorama. But I mean, when I checked the result and all I could see was F F F F F, I thought, God, I'm not looking forward to watching this now. But it, I really wasn't prepared for for the sort of spectacle. It it wasn't good, but. You know, it was the ground was was gone pretty pretty soft. There were strong fractions, and I mean, I just thought there was a lot of it going on during Cheltenham, where you get these older horses. They really, really do take liberties with their fences. Um, you know, especially if you know you watch the novices. Sometimes the novices can jump far better around there because they're not as streetwise. They don't know how much they can get away with, so therefore they don't chance it. Whereas them older horses, they'll jump two fences. And they'll, they'll size yeah. the fences up pretty quick as to how much how much they can get away with, and the fencing can get pretty horrific. Um, now, unfortunately, a good few of them paid the price for that, but um, but nonetheless, uh, Ted's Ted's interview was was good. But he's always talks straight from the hip, doesn't he? He's always been that way out, and it was good for connections to to get a to get a winner at at Cheltenham, wasn't it? Because even. Um, What's her name was doing the five live radio over here, um, Katie. You know, and Katie's the exact same as Ted. You know, says yeah, I mean, how it is. Got a great way of making a point, and, and we end up with the same really, people who are in racing and understand racing can really understand the sort of language that these people talk compared to some of the people we've got to listen to there on the TV. It's painful. Even Sam Wade Cohen or something like that. You're going to get run. Well, Sam is in there. Yeah, it was great result all around. Another fantastic ride by you know, they are standard dish. We are lucky to have them around. Actually, we are like they're they're amateur in name only, really. Like you know, correct, and they put a massive amount in uh, back into the sport so fair play to them shall we move on to friday okay we um we have the triumph hurdle i uh, must give Stephen cass a mention as when we were going through the race um it's obviously been marred by the, you know our very sad loss of sir eric when we we're going through the race on the preview on the podcast for the race hour before he did put up a couple of horses to get involved with if you weren't going to side with sir eric and pentland hills was one of those on a great week for nico de boinville um 
I don't know if we need to. I mean, I think Pentland Hills off what the back of it, what it's done in that race and what it's done before. That's something for the future. It's going to be a proper horse. Curse of Bleem is an interesting runner too. Guns of Babylon was there, which Dermo thought would run a big race as well. But we lost to Eric Paddy, and it's a very sad situation when that happens. Yeah, it was. It really was. And it was the first semblance of a mistake he'd ever made in his life. And, you know, people sort of were making a judgment maybe on even that didn't even see the race. I mean, the horse didn't even fall, you know. Um, he's He's got it tight to the hurdle. He's wrapped the hurdle. And, and that that's where he's damaged his leg. You know, it was physically off the hurdle for me. Um, you know, that's where he's damaged the bone. And unfortunately, it's... it's, it's um, it wasn't a, a, a pretty situation after that. But it's... It was heartbreaking, especially when you watch him down at the start getting the shoe back on. To say he's still a full horse, I mean, his temperament is just un unreal. Um, you know, he, he's a beautiful looking horse and just a great temperament. And you know, obviously, he would have he would have had another job once he was he was finished his racing. But that's the way it goes. Um, but I always find the the comments after the races are interesting because because the pressure's on, people are nervous, they're they're stressed. Trainers before a race will always just come out with your run of the mill. Um, like the footballers you see on the TV you now, it's 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 all scripted interviews with like the the usual default comments. Where it's only after the race when the 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 stress is gone, you actually get an awful lot of truth and and some sort of facts behind it, behind situations. And I mean, Nicky Henderson with his Penton Hills, he's only a, he's only a run of the mill seventy odd rated flat horse, but they said after they they ran him at Plumpton. The way he hurdled and the way he went about his job that day, um, you know, straight away they picked him out and decided then that they were going to go to Cheltenham, and you know th there was there was no sort of doubts or whatever, and you know it was, yeah, it was. Just fantastic. And quite the way performance. They've got something to work he with. He knows there what it takes. The future with Penton Hills, don't in a horse to go and win a race yeah, like that, and he'd um, seen that off the back of he, one run on a horse really who on all, all no flat form so wasn't wouldn't be good enough. You know, it was a it was a major big call, and it just sort of showed how 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 good the man is. I thought it was I thought it was a fantastic all. I thought Gardens of Ablon when Sir Eric. Unfortunately, he went down. I thought he'd come win the race, but he kind of didn't get the best run through. Um, yeah, nothing really take out a race other than I have to probably rewatch it a few times to find something for next year. In it. Sure, uh, Damo, you'll have been pleased enough with the way Gardens of Babylon ran. I mean, with Sir Eric coming out of the race, you'd expect him to be well. What he does is make a very good yardstick for the front two. Yep, very much so. Now, when we talked about the Albert Bartlett in the past, Demo, you've always massively, been the point that, um, the, the good horses can't in this race get turned um, over. Too much uh, about it heartbroken. <laughs> Manella Indo. Really uh, not to say Manella Indo is not a very decent horse uh, for Henry Bartlett, but a 50 to 1 winner beat Commander Fleet, who actually got well supported just by the off in the 4 to 1 favourite. Finishing in third. It's probably a decent race. Thank <laughs> you.
it is a decent race. And as well as that, Milalindo, like that was only his fifth run, uh, fourth on the track. So he probably was one of those kind of horses that kind of came in with the, the few runs and the first three were all horses that got, that were kind of, were kind of lightly raced. Um, I managed to get him beaten at Clombell behind, behind Alaho. And, um, that day you kind of went, Oh God. And the market maybe overreacted to that because, you know, that was only his second run after a two, 245 day break. So Nelindo, the, the form was there, but you really had to be very trusting of it. And, uh, the front three are very smart. I think still Commander Fleet is going to be the one to take out of that race. He, he's, he just ran so well again, and he still looks a bit babyish. Whilst the, the horse, yeah, I think the jockey won the race on the other end. Commander of Fleet is a race that, that I think if you get hard to know what we have going forward, but he didn't jump exactly like Jack. Mightn't be a mug either, but it's the contest. But I thought Rachel Blackmore's right on the other end. Paddy was pretty special. I'm quite excited about without completely ruling out. Nalindo as being maybe more than just a fluke as well. That was um, just the way he travelled, you know, because you could have easily seen him get tired from the back of the last. He, he was all... He was almost doing too much all the way around and he was on the front end but he's a big giant of a horse and um, it was a massive massive performance and I mean it was pleasing for Rachel Blackmore because you know in her own words she sort of said that Henry de Bromhead had put serious faith in her during you know throughout the whole week in, in, in the rides that he had thrown her way and you know I, I don't think that she let him down there was one or two disappointments the horse of the arc fell but you know that wasn't her fault And but yeah it was it was a great week but Manella Endo I thought that was that was a massive performance because he was fully entitled just to run out of gas in the back of the last the way, the way he, he travelled all the way around but it was a funny race because I thought they went really steady for a circuit and then they stepped on the gas pretty quickly then uh, because you watched Ruby when, when they um when they turned away from the stands, yeah, and he, and he might benefit from even the same with Dicky Diver. You know, Dicky Diver was well back, and he was on the outside. Uh, they were well on the outside. He, he finished um, off quite nicely, and he turned the form around. I talked about the Oscar. He, for me, I know I've chirped on about before. He was the one to take out because he ended up never near four on a short enough price favourite for a very, very green raw horse. I wouldn't say about Jack. He's got a proper one there. Strong enough. He's big enough lad, and he's well experienced enough to to know what he has to do when he goes out. Um, I just think he. Uh, he thought Rachel would come back to him he probably looked at the horse from Nike and that's 50 to 1 shot mm-hmm. I'll get by that what's behind me or who's behind me I'll, I'll keep in front of him um, I think it's very good Albert Bartlett he was there to win the race I he can't give it. out too much he was yeah, banged there to exactly, win the race yeah, yeah. I think it's very good Albert Bartlett and I think it will stand up um, like it's very most of the first four first five really are all relatively unexposed um, and it should only progress going forward um, it could stand up to be a good race and even there's a piece of form with Manella Indo there it's all well good saying it now um, with City Island and the Willie Munns horse that won it was uh, Passageway, which, who we haven't seen. So that form could turn up to be anything. Yeah. And um, the three horses look very good. They do. They do. Always a fascinating race to take forward. Um, you know, Commander of Fleet, Lights of Dickie Diver. Uh, the winner, indeed, Manella Indo, Alaho. 
some very nice animals in there. Before we talk about the Gold Cup, and we will finish uh, with the Gold Cup of our Cheltenham Review of 2019, uh, there was a nice win and uh, credit to Stephen Cass and I think myself, although I weighed in uh, behind him with Chitabello in the county hurdle, uh, a plot coming together for those guys having got what they thought was a champion hurdle horse onto a decent mark uh, to go and win the county. Uh, there was also, of course, a very uh, good win for Philip Rowley and Alex Edwards, a proper point-to-pointing uh, crew landing fox hunters, beating Chantou Flyer and Topwood. Um, then Croco Bay, a remarkable uh, performance of 66 to 1 for the Case Yard and Keelan Woods landing the grand annual. And uh, Derminol, I'm going to come to you first because I told you early doors couldn't win and uh, early doors went and won the Martin Pipe. So well done. <laughs> Cheers, Dean. Yeah, no, I think it was, I was just uh, so tired. Very good performance. The, of our last the year podcast kicked on, and really just, just, like, just no, he no, was just no. in races. I'm done. Up as Jay, I can't have it. Just, but he stayed. He stayed perfectly, ticking along, and the whole the whole fallacy really. And he didn't. He didn't see out his races beforehand. There, were, there was absolutely no doubt. But all he did that day was stay, really, Dean, which is kind of typical when you get into an argument. He was either going to completely capitulate or stay like that. It was, it was going to be one or the other. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, but he stayed perfectly. And uh, John Joe Jr. is definitely a jockey for the future as well. It was a, a superb ride. And um, himself and Donna Myler, who was maybe hanging on to something, but that horse wants further. I think Look, that, in for a penny, in for a pound, early doors were not winning. Early doors was, was too good. For <laughs> I, I may as well carry there. on as that's, I started. That's a good race, uh, I think. Paddy Aspen, we're going to come to you because it was a great day for the likes of John Joe O'Neill Jr., uh, Joe's in course, the Dane Mars, who lost at the beginning of the season, or you just need him to drop down weight because he's in an awkward position. But look, he's done his job. He's had his big day. I was absolutely delighted with him. <laughs> he's been around the UK for a few years now. I mean, he was starting in Ireland and he's been plying his trade. He's been busy. No, and, you know, in fairness, he was a very, very streetwise horse hog, Croco Bay. I mean, he's 12-year-old now, and he, he actually ran well in that race last year. And Keelan Woods has actually had plenty of rides. I only realised after when, when when I read the article that... Yeah, he has, you know. And, yeah, look, he, he's one of many lads. He's very, very capable. But, you know, you maybe just wouldn't see him in the spotlight that much. But Yeah, you know, absolutely. David, when, anything when you want to pick up from those other races before we review? They won't let people um, down. And just to cover it You wouldn't have picked it if, if you were there all day. But still, nonetheless, Ben Case, he showed in the past that he's well capable of training a horse and, you know, for connections like that to pick up a nice winner at Cheltenham. It's fantastic, but it's always been one of them races that's very hard to predict. And standing in the fight is probably one for entry. Fox on the race, um, he drifted all day on last Friday and yeah. never really got into it. He was given a, a quiet ride by Derek O'Connor. Yeah, he could never get close enough to get involved. You, you, they did go off very quick at the front end. There's a very good winner of that Fox Hunters, probably. Yeah, it probably was. Yeah, it was yeah. backed all day as well. It was 14 to 1 in the morning. I think mm. that went off 7 to 2. Um, so it's probably a, it's probably a good Fox Hunter, given a horse like Shantou Flyer, who's a great horse around Cheltenham, was second. 
beaten by four lengths and he wrote to Rome and stuff like that. You tell Conti was there. It's probably a good fox hunter that could stand up a bit. Um, and I was on force being myself in the in the um, Grand Annual. I thought yeah. he was going to win, turn came from there. home. He came there swinging with did with four inch behind those and didn't win. Maybe entry. Maybe entry. Probably Maybe not. entry. Not. Look, there's a lot of horses have left uh, their races behind, but there's a lot who have just set themselves up perfectly exactly, for yeah. the next day. And, Which, uh, the thing you have to take into account with the weather, like that they didn't have the clearest of runs with the soft ground. Now the soft ground is coming to be able to get proper work into these horses. Yeah. And you can see massive improvement from Cheltenham to entry. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about the Magnus Cheltenham Gold Cup of 2019. Um, it was won in well, very impressive style in the end by Album Photo, one at 12 to 1. Annabelle Fly ran his heart out again in uh, to place in the Gold Cup, 22 to 1 in, th- in second. And Bristol Demai has proved now that not only can perform at the highest level at Haydock, he can also, in fairness, he'd done it a little bit, Cheltenham, before. He's gone and done it now in the biggest race. Uh, a man who called the race very, very well indeed was Dermot Nolan. So, Dermot, I'll let you go first. Uh, the right result and uh, a very nice horse winning the race. He could be a horse to win this next year. We'll have to see what turns up. He could be, and I think the mistake people will make is say that uh, you know, presenting Percy was going to beat them all ends up last year. Like he nearly, and it was I was with Dave on the Friday, and Dave pointed it out to me. The second last again nearly was his um, his undoing. Uh, but Paul Townend just he was very cute in him. He didn't ask him for a big one at all. He kind of let him make his mistake, but had kind of preempted it. But you could pick Albin Foto out the whole way. He just jumped and travelled and he was passing by horses. And six out is my favourite point in the Gold Cup because you can easily see which horses are going to go on and which ones are starting to fall away. It's it's like a a chorus of arms kind of going all over the place and you can see which one is travelling well. And you you could just pick him out the whole way. And um, he jumped two out. Didn't didn't jump it that well, and he just went for home. He's he's a very good horse, and like that form at Tremor was probably undervalued because it was at Tremor. But he had to give Total Recall ten pounds that day, and you know he had to give Invitation only as well, who who sadly lost his life in the race. But Album Photo is just a very very good horse, and he always has been. And it's um it was poetic justice as well, and. It, it was great to see that Paul Townend got his day in him because obviously Paul would have been absolutely horrified with what happened at Punchdown last year. And he mentioned it himself, but Paul Townend rides Cheltenham absolutely brilliantly. Um, he always has like the rides on Penn Hill and everything else. He, he just seems to know every inch of the track and he was every which way as much a part of this as anything else. And presenting Percy didn't run his race, but that's also because you can't put a horse into a gold cup off the back of one hurdle run. It, it just doesn't work, obviously. But when you look at the horses in behind, it's the right horses. And about fly placed again, uh, you've got in third Bristol Demai, who just was on a going day and ran an absolute screamer of a race. And I was delighted with that because, again, we were on at 40s as well. And then in fourth, Native River just went out in his sword. He, he ran an absolute screaming race to finish fourth again. He's just all heart. And it was a brilliant race, some race to watch and just 
I think yeah, really I mean, it's becoming that race. We talk about a great um, way to present Percy the coming off the back of one album photo. Right he's he's going to be around for a while because he's had an interrupted season. lot of things, a lot of kind of stars aligned there, didn't they? Willie Mullins, Paul Townend, getting a gold cup. Willie Mullins getting his first gold cup. I know he went in more pandy with a load of horses. He kind of all thought that that might be the best one of the four going in. Yeah, I mean, I think jumping was a big issue for a lot of them here, wasn't it? Jumping just fell apart, especially for um, for Ruby's horse from a good way out. Um, Ken Boy was very disappointed, obviously, invitation only. Uh, he checked out early enough and brought down Brian Ellison's horse. But it was interesting, listen, same again to Willie Mullins after about album photo, and he really bigged up that, that Tremor form. He said, I know on paper people will... They, they will have dismissed this horse because he's coming here. I know he, he won at Leffertstown the last time as well, but, you know, a, a prep at Tremor certainly is an idea, but he says the form of that race, he said, was really very good for a track. Yeah, he was, he was actually making a move. He, he says, I know for a fact, didn't enjoy, but if you look down to album photos form, I mean, apart from he, obviously what happened to Punchestown, but he... He was still in with a shout behind presenter Percy last year, Dermot, wasn't he? In the in the RSA. Oh, massively, Paddy. And the, the thing was, people thought because Ruby had moved his arms, I don't think he would have caught presenting Percy on the day. Definitely would have finished second. And he was far from finished that day. And it was just the way, the way he fell, kind of, it looked like he was further back than he was because presenting Percy, he jumped it so well. But Albert Photo definitely was not out of that race at all, no. No, so I mean, I'm just looking down to his form. Apart from that, where Monolee beat him in the in the flow gas uh, in last year's running of it, but they just yeah, gave him is. enough and to do that. You know, the way he finished out his race, I don't think we could end. have had him. But apart from that, he maybe a few when he was when he was Dave Weldon, the way the race apart developed that, when we he's, had, he's unbeaten. Uh, really. Might look like he was back to himself. He fell in the RSA River on and off the rider, which is not unusual. What happened? Still looking like he was well here. I mean, his form is... We almost got a repeat last year for a point, but they were all stacking up But really, I mean... Yeah, in fairness, Nico was talking about a great ride. He kind of bounced out, made sure he got in front of Native River to see if that had any effect. Try and sweeten him up a little bit, yeah. exactly, yeah, get him going in front. Didn't really happen. He jumped a bit scratchy all the way around. Native River was never happy until he got to the front. Um, the horse, like I agree with everything Dad said about Abu Fawt. He's a good horse. He's only improving. He's still only seven. Annabelle and Bristol Moy, they were ridden to kind of pick up the pieces if they could and Clan Zobo like he, he hates Shelton there's no doubt about it he didn't really jump as well as he has this season um, I think he's an absolute certainty when he goes to Aintree um, like he's he, if he if that was running anywhere else he'd be second yeah. it's only that it's at Shelton that he, he's finished out the places um, and apart from that like they, they've pulled 15 year, fifteen lengths clear of Elegant Escape who's no mug either like you know so it's, it, it probably looks a classic Um. Go Cup at the moment, and we we know what's coming down the tracks as well. So it's kind of set up with Album and Clans all about being seven year olds to for a couple of great seasons of it. Well, Percy will be nine next year. Now yeah. he can't have been right all year. He just couldn't have been for no. them not to take a like, race in over. Fences. He's never run in an open grade one fences over fences. He's ran in handicaps with all the horses and stuff like yeah. that, but he's never run in a at the pace that they would have been going here. 
Um, he might that, have learned something. I, he might have. He could be a better horse for it. Um, and it's a different experience to what he's ever had before. He's never been ridden flat out and not gotten there. Um, like when he's in the Pretems, he was yeah, just he there, gone. Yeah. He was yeah. he was gone away. Yeah. Same with the RSA. He travelled around and, and flew home. Um, I would need to see it first with him, though. I oh, we've got to see him race. Him. He's yeah. going to have to race he, now. He they can't wrap him in time. cotton wool anymore. I think he's done for a season. It's the kind of vibes I'm yeah. getting that he's he, they're going to just yeah. pull up stumps and start again next year. Hopefully, get a good run of it. There has been something wrong with him. Um, well, Paddy alluded to it earlier on during the podcast that if he was right, you know, maybe he he would have taken in a race over fences. They didn't get one. Maybe they've learned plenty with presenting Percy. Didn't deliver uh, on the day anyway. But I don't think he disgraced himself massively. It was a fascinating Gold Cup, one that actually visually was a great race to watch yeah. too, which is what you want at uh, the pinnacle of the jumps racing at the Cheltenham Festival. I want uh, one more question for each of you, uh, the overriding thing that comes out of the Cheltenham Festival for each of you. Paddy, I'll go to you first. What was your favourite moment of Cheltenham Festival 2019? Um, I think performance-wise, it would have to be top of the game uh, by horse and jockey. Yeah, but I was very, very impressed with what was the name of the Lizzie Kelly horse, the one that Sarah Sarah Delac. Sarah Delac, the way that horse jumps. I mean, he's unbeaten now all season. Now I know he's after he's after beating the same horse the last two times, literally the same distance, and he's been getting the same amount of ways. So the the, the second might have his turn next year, but the way this horse travels. And the knee action that he's got, you know, he's got to cope with any sort of soft ground. But at the same time, Zero he's not a big slow boat. But he fences. He, he's, he's an absolute joy to watch. And I think the connections have got a real, real nice one there. And and you, you wouldn't know what direction he could go. But for me, they, they were probably my two performances. Nick Williams, isn't it? I reckon they might pot hunt a little bit in France yeah. and steal some yeah. massive prize money with that horse. Yeah. They've got a good one. They generally head there. Okay, so Sierra Deluxe, top of the game for Paddy Aspel. David Weldon. Side of Burley. Side of Burley, yeah. Just because Barry was the ride, yeah. everywhere. Yeah. And if you wanted them, if he flew up the hill and didn't get there, he'd be cursed from every corner of the UK and Ireland. But because he get, got there and the way he got there, he, he got there comfortably. He got there probably too soon. He won by a neck in the end. Um, it was one of the best rides. It was similar to AP on which the line went back in, in the day. Um, like he hit every single trouble. It's blocked off. Horses falling back on top. Most the name of the horse and making the run in front. I can't remember the name. It's gone for me now. Um, but he fell right back on top, and he had to <coughs> fear around. It was just a great ride and a great moment. Okay, Dermot Nolan. Yeah, Dean. I loved every minute of the week. Obviously, from a, a financial point of view, Alvin Fodo and um, Esper Dallin work were absolutely brilliant. And then from an emotional point of view, you just you can't look on and not be absolutely enthused and delighted for um, for Andrew Gemmel and and Paisley Park and Frodon Frodon and Bryony Frost. It, it was a week where I think in racing it started off with us being angry at uh, or some some segments of racing being a bit annoyed at the the spectacle that was the four miler, but it gives us every reason now to just stand behind our sport and say this is this is what it is. We've made changes. We we've done everything we can now it's time to stand up for racing we have a a supreme product and um with with weeks like we had the emotions and everything else i think it was just the overall thing in racing is that you know what we're we're actually in a good place and it's it's about time now that, that we all stop cribbing and stop giving out about everything everything to do with racing and just uh got behind it because it's it was a a fantastic week and um everything about Cheltenham was just absolutely sublime and uh 
we need to start start standing up for our sport for what it is now and and stop changing it to two people that don't watch the sport anyway. Well said. Well said indeed. Uh, I'm going to throw Tiger Roll into the mix. A race that carried very little betting interest for me. I'm not one for those kind of prices, but to see him come round the bend, uh, four-time Cheltenham Festival winner. It's up there at one of my favourite comps uh, as well. Yeah. Look, Look how, how far clear he is. What a horse. Uh, yeah, and those kind of moments. There were lots of them. It was like, uh, it was like he's at the bushes and he's 10 lengths clear. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. It was and, a Franco, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, and, you know, I wish them... Everyone concerned, especially Keith, I'd love him to get the ride for the Grand National and him do himself justice there. Those horses are why we love jumps racing. Whether you yeah. get financially involved with them or not, they keep coming back, they keep delivering on the on the highest stage. And it's uh, it was a fascinating week. And uh, thank you for everyone involved with the race out and, of course, Gambler.com uh, for sponsoring the podcast and the run-up to the festival. Uh, we've really enjoyed uh, talking to you about it. We will be talking about something else next week. So... Uh, we will be back then. Thank you, David Weldon. Thank you, Dermot Nolan. Thank you, Paddy Aspel. Uh, this has been The Race Out. I've been Dean Ryan. Thank you. <laughs>